previously on Full Immersion. You remember our friend um, Anderson from college? Apparently as part of the contract, they put some cybernetics into like his brain. He needs to get them taken out. He doesn't think that they could be removed or tampered with on Earth. On the beanstalk. We could pose as a private doctor who wanted, who's, who's being asked to carry out an operation on a celebrity who wants anonymity. Uh, the hotel would need details of any of any staff that would be on site. We would need to know who the client is, but I can assure you that this would not be seen by any human eyes. I've got a contact that says I'll be able to get some cybernetics in Midway Station. I think that Oscorp can benefit from this. If they can make our journey up and down the Beanstalk smooth and uneventful. Glitch really likes this idea and she knows just the people. The conditions she gives to Harris are slightly different. Harris has to split off at some point and go through some service personnel area. Who's getting your IDs that you're going to give to the hotel? I mean, one possibility is go see what Alberta Chang is up to these days. To what do I owe the pleasure? I need identities for four people and I need some medical credentials associated with three of the IDs. There's something that I need you to do for me. I got into a bit of trouble with Mr. Lin uh, and luckily for the both of us, he's going to be at the Callisto Hotel next week. If you just make him disappear, then I'll consider our debt paid. Just to reiterate, your plan is you're going to... Where where exactly are you meeting Anderson? Did you arrange that? Because I, did, I didn't remember and I didn't write it. I think we're meeting him at Midway, right? He was going he was going down from Luna, right? So we're going to meet him at Midway. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to travel up with him or anything. No, you're not. That's I, I, I was pretty sure you were meeting at Midway, but I want to confirm. It's probably a safe assumption that you meet, you're going to meet him like near where the hotel is. How long are we going to be on Midway for? How long does surgery take? Surgery? Wow. So do, we're probably going to want like some sort of just somewhere like a bit away from the hotel, like to base ourselves, right? In my mind, the hotel is there's like mid sections of Midway where stuff where like businesses are and things, and the hotel is in one of those where there's like deep okay gravity because a lot of a lot of Midway is in microgravity. Um, but I think the hotel there's artificial gravity, and it's in like you could think of it like uh, a complex, like a shopping complex or something, um, and. The hotel is there, along with some other some shopping stuff, and you can meet him meet him near there. Yeah, actually, the time the surgery takes, we didn't actually discuss. It's not the exact isn't massively important, right? Because the the short version is you need a while, so one way or the other, you need to be uninterrupted for um, a time for brain surgery. You think it'd be on yeah. the upper end, but on yeah, but it's future brain surgery. It's also removing a cybernetic, so it might be yeah. easier. Like, it might be less removal and more kind of a deactivation slash removal of the main bit, but the casing stays in there or something. Oh, yeah. Ta- taking things out is definitely easy. Taking things out of people, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how hard can it be? This would be such a perfect time to find out that Esteban isn't a real surgeon and has just been a flim-flam artist this whole time. And then they're like, you do actually have to do this, right? And his response is, how hard, how hard can it be? <laughs> So yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna go up, up the beanstalk. You're all basically going up to get. No, most of you are going up together apart from. Harris. I need to split off and go through a different line or something, right? Yeah, you have to go through a more illicit, illicit line. Um, aren't we all going through it to avoid getting searched and stuff? Uh no, just me. But you can give me things if there's stuff that you definitely can't take. We're putting all our guns in one basket. Oh yeah, did you convey Amelia's advice not to take guns? Um yeah, I'll tell you all that. It was not to take weapons. Weapons. Don't bring any weapons. Have you all followed that? I don't have a weapon. I think technically I do, but... I can lend you a weapon just so you can not take it if you want. Yeah, we've got spare weapons. I've got I've got infinite knives. I don't want to overstate this. It's not infinite <laughs> knives. It's numerous <laughs> knives. 
I, I'm taking no weapons. Oh, really? I'm, I'm quite attached to Mr. Zappy. Is that not advised? My advice is not to bring a weapon. Uh, Harris knows what he's talking about. I'm going I'm to listen to him. All right, I'll leave Mr. Zappy behind. I want to take my throwing knives, though. I'll take two throwing knives. <laughs> Those are also weapons, FYI. Oh, I'll take no throwing <laughs> knives. What am I supposed to do? There's a scene where Shell finds this out from Harris and she just removes knives from her outfit and it just takes forever. Oh, it's like <laughs> the classic movie scene. <laughs> so I think you can argue that a taser is for self-defense. There's no way you can argue that two throwing knives are for self-defense. <laughs> Because, like, a throwing knife is a special kind of knife, isn't it? Like, it's not just, like, a knife. There's no possible excuse. You can claim you're part of the, like, microgravity circus. Yeah, you have to say you're in a circus. That's the only possible explanation. (laughs) All right, I'm taking no weapons. I'm also not taking my owl. Do you know what? I'm not going to have any fun on this journey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if Shell fully understands why we do these things. Okay, here's a better question. Should I take my stealth suit? If you wear, like, a hoodie over it and then... Take my hoodie off. Sounds like a plan. Right. That sounds reasonable. I wear my goggles as well, but they just because they look cool. It's more of a fashion. You just say thing. we're a fashion accessory. That's probably fine. It's fine. We're in the cyberpunk future. Yeah, it's the cyberpunk kind of future. Thing. Everyone wears goggles. Everyone has throwing knives and owls. As, You're right. as demonstrated <laughs> in all Netrunner art ever, everybody wearing <laughs> goggles. Cool. I also had a bit of a meta question, which is weird, but uh, can I, because I'm going to get some gear at the start of the action phase. Can I say I'm not taking any weapons and then use that gear to produce a weapon? Yeah, I, I just realised this was going to be an issue with gear, potentially. Um, I might need to include a provision that you can't spend gear on things that would be difficult to get through uh, Beanstalk security. Okay, except I'm going through the illicit line, so do oh, I get a yeah. bit more freedom? Um, like, and... If I do that, do I then break Amelia's advice to not bring weapons? I think you do, yeah. In a, yeah, which, okay, cool. Which is kind All of right, hilarious. That's fine. That's kind of fun. Okay. So I so I can use the gear to... So I'm saying I'm not bringing my regular weapons, the revolver and the stun baton, but I have a gear which might turn into a weapon later, and if I don't use it for that, I get the experience, yeah, basically. Yeah, that okay, makes sense. Cool. Well, anybody with a marked gear can also do that, to be fair. Esteban can also break the rules afterwards. Oh, it does It does specify related to medicine and cybernetics, to be fair. And then, yeah, so I was going to say, because the other thing I want to talk about is I do have to kill someone while we're here. Whoa, 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 what? Which I haven't told anyone else. This is not in character. This is this is me just reminding everyone out of character. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Come up at some point. My instructions were kill Mr. Lin, was that it? Who is at the same hotel. Yeah. Is there anything else you're bringing? Obviously... Esteban is bringing surgery stuff, and any gear that you that you have is you're assumed to be bringing. Is anybody else bringing anything spe- that they specifically want to mention now? Some way to transport the cybernetics when we come back is the only other thing. That yeah, I'm that's fine. That can be part of your kit. Uh, just before we begin, one small thing happens just before you go. Um, Tegan, you receive a message uh, online. Uh, it is anonymous and comes from an encrypted source, but you think you might reckon, you feel like you recognize the writing style, although the message is quite sparse. Um, and it just says, um, I heard you're going up stalk. Um, I have, the, um, we have a contact at Midway, uh, who, who tells us that there's, um, valuable data going, moving through Midway station that may relate to a story you're interested in. If you're interested in getting this data, um, it gives you the detail of a person and says if you can pick up uh, some gear from them and then install it in midway in the midway station grid, you may receive some useful info. But I leave that in your hands, and that's all the message says. 
get get some data and what to it install it in the midway station grid yeah get you like it gives a it gives a little detail at the bottom of a person like what they'll be wearing um where like a it gives a description of a of a male wearing a suit with a purple tie and if you can get an envelope from them yeah, at midway and then install it at midway station grid which is just like a grid so it's a big like a server a server port basically that exists at midway if you can find a way to install it you might get some useful info but other than that the message is pretty sparse okay what you do with that is up to you um and it's encrypted so you have and it there's no provision for messaging back either so that's that's kind of dumped into your lap um so with that we will move on to the journey are you all so harris is going separately but other than that are the three of you traveling together yeah. as well. yes i think so i'm gonna narrate the journey basically because from new angeles all the way up to midway nothing of much incident happens if any of you want to interject with anything you do or say um that's cool but it's not vital um unless you say something i'm going to assume that your plan is just to get to midway with as little hassle as possible right okay so and yeah you, you pick a day and stuff that, that matches up with anderson's schedule that's all by the by um cool so yeah action phase is starting so i don't i think only don has start of action phase stuff so but if any of the rest of you do and i've forgotten do it now um and the clock is currently unfilled because you didn't fill up enough legwork segments I'm going to talk through the, th- the the journey that the three of you go on, and then we'll I'll quickly give Harris's like explain what Harris's journey looks like afterwards. But we'll stick with the with the greatest number of our of our protagonists for now. So you meet it's a Tuesday morning in New Angeles when you leave, although the actual time is soon to become somewhat meaningless. Um, and you assemble at what is the actual name of the station? Oh God, I've fallen at the first hurdle. Everyone grab your copies of Worlds of Android. Is it based Kianbe and it's called... Is it just Earth Station? Yeah, it is. Okay. So we meet at Earth Station, which is um, a very impressive looking glass-domed uh, SEA, Space Elevator Authority Complex. And it's it's within... like to, You have to go up to it because you, you have to go very essentially like up a mountain right to get to the to just to get to the station so the air is very thin there's an incredible view um of like jungle green spaces around from the station i think all of you have probably been up stalk before although i think it's probably been a while for all of you um so yeah you have to make your way through the walkways and past the kind of the, the beautiful natural sites that are rare for a resident of new angeles uh and to kind of go up to to earth station um and when you make your way into Earth Station itself, it's kind of a sight to behold. The The presence of the government is felt more strongly in Earth Station than probably anywhere in New Angeles, maybe with the exception of the government district in Laguna Velasco. Uh, you can feel the influence of the New Angeles government here. And when you look around, there's constant reminders. There's security everywhere. There's U.S. armed forces. Um, there's kind of global sec private security. There's the SEA in their distinctive yellow jackets and hats, um, some of whom who are there to help and some of whom are there to provide security. Um, and there's people milling around everywhere and it's you can tell looking around who's on their first journey, so who is kind of amazed by everything and who has done this many times before and is just trying to make a beeline for where they know they need to be. As well as the influence of the government here, even more so in the rest of New Angeles, the presence of commerce and money is felt. Uh, Wayland obviously 
built the space elevator so they have the greatest influence and when you look around you can see Wayland subsidiaries and Wayland advertisements but every every corp the big four and the smaller ones you can kind of feel their presence um and you can see and it's a world of contrast too so you can see people in expensive suits with expensive security next to tourists who can you know probably or or you know workers who can barely afford this trip up uh, and to drive it all home there's a big 3d New Angeles Stock Exchange board that is quite prominent when you first go into the SEA um, and the numbers and the graph completely uh, incomprehensible to anyone who doesn't have a good understanding of stocks. Um, there's shops and stuff everywhere too. There's yucca bean counters and, um, you know, cafes and restaurants probably for the richer, staffed by humans and then all kinds of automated commerce around too. Um, and yeah, you... you you're all trying to keep your head down because you're aware that there's there's a lot, even at this early stage, that can go wrong with so many, you know, security guards around of, of different uh, organizations also. And you don't really know where you stand when you're trying to make your way through this terminal, like whose jurisdiction you fall under, who could hassle you at any given point. Um, so for all but the most experienced traveler, you're always a little on edge when you're going up Um But you do manage to find your ticket line. You've bought your tickets under fake ID, but there's there's very little um, risk here. And indeed, you are let through fine. You go through security. You have to go through like a traditional conveyor belt. There's a body scanner you have to get into at one point. Someone shakes you down with questions, but they're just going through the motions. And you can tell that most of the security here are, are pretty uninterested in their job, with the exception of the, the rare opportunity they get to, to hassle somebody or to actually maybe try and prevent some crime. But before too long, you manage to get through. And after probably, it's probably been a while of, of, of queuing and waiting and being checked. So probably about two and a half hours after getting into the SEA, you're finally sent on your way. Um, you're all kind of, you get go through a queue and get into one of the bean pods. And the bean pods are these little like cylinders essentially that fit 12 people so there's the three of you strapped down into your safe seats um the rest of the there appear to be two other parties coming coming up in this in this singular pod with you there's a couple of, of business people you can't tell what company they work for and then what looks like some kind of party like some kind of leisure trip um, they're a bit boisterous and a bit loud this trip lasts about 50 minutes and like none of you have done this enough that you're used to it at this point like the, the way the gravity shifts at one point it pulls up on you and then at some point it pulls down on you um i'm not 100 percent sure of the physics of why that is but that that is apparently <laughs> the case i'm sure it's not that complicated so yeah you you go up you go up the pod in your in your little bean pod um what kind of how are the three of you acting are you are you chatting to each other are you all kind of awkwardly quiet are you concentrating i'll be writing I don't think I'll chat. I think I'll, if I'll try and pretend that I'm on my own. I'm excited and I'll be trying to chat. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently failing. <laughs> this is exciting. I'm going to space. Have you never been up stalk before? Uh, probably not, right? You are quite young. So you could go either way because you do work for a gang that smuggles stuff here. But no, okay. I guess this is your I think most. Time. I think most of the stuff would have been uh, certainly, uh, certainly she was aware of the fact that the beanstalk is used for transit and is handled goods stolen or otherwise that have come down the beanstalk but i don't think she herself would have traveled on it did you buy any beanstalk merchandise 
that's a good idea. I'll do that on the way back. I'll buy some <laughs> Midway Station. Like a really tall keyring. I get. A, I went to Midway Station and all I got was this T-shirt. <laughs> Perfect. Um, also, Esteban, your 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 medical bag got checked. You had to go in a special line, but. And um, at first, the security guard seemed pretty interesting, was asking lots of questions, but as they realised that it was essentially medical equipment, they obviously got kind of bored. So okay. at that point, you, were, you had to answer some pretty basic questions and then you were waved through. I'm a real doctor, it's fine. A real doctor. Doctor is a boring job. And um, yeah, so you, you get your way. Eventually, you depart uh, and arrive at Midway Station. Um, oh yeah, the Midway Station itself is a bit of a rigmarole. Halfway up the beanstalk, just above the 35,000 kilometre mark, is Midway Station, the centre of the structure. Most of the facility is in zero G, um, so or microgravity. So you arrive, and there's this there's a large open concourse, which is also just a huge, like a big cylindrical 30 metre across cylinder. Uh, and then there are various safety lines strung across it. And so if you're not used to it, which basically no one is, no one has enough experience, you you get out of the bean pod and then you like step onto a safety line and then you haul you're you're you haul yourselves along well you're supposed to haul yourself along hand over hand but most of the time you're actually being pulled by someone in a trained jumpsuit so you get pulled down this line um and they also if you have luggage they strap it to themselves like on a backpack and then they pull you down this line um and then they like throw you into the terminal area and point you in the right direction, basically. So that sounds incredibly non-high tech. I feel like yeah, it would be like it, yeah, exactly. Like, yep. It is a little bit weird, especially the first time you do it, that you're in this hugely expensive triumph of engineering. Um, you know, doing something that at some at one thought at one point thought impossible, which is you know a beanstalk up into space, and then suddenly like a grumpy man in a jumpsuit is hauling you down a safety line and like throwing you at a terminal. Um, but there you are, you all do that. And, and um, Esteban has to like, uh, although, although his, his medical case gets carried at one point, like down, down the line, eventually it's given back to him. So he has to also navigate it in microgravity. And then you, you end up mid, midway commerce section B is where the hotel Callisto is located. There aren't, there isn't a, like, although there's some, the, the a lot of the commerce here is quite famous like the hotels and the restaurants there isn't a lot of it Midway's not huge like just to walk around anyway and a lot of people just kind of wait around and go straight up again it's quite it's considered to be quite exclusive um so there aren't there aren't that many commerce sections so you're told to go to commerce section b and so you have to get like a maglev train basically you have to get on the orange line you all get on the orange line sweet public transit <laughs> yeah um the line takes you like up, but you're already kind of at this point, not like starting to lose a sense of what is up and what is down. Um, but you, you go in this train and eventually it stops, the doors open, it says commerce section B. And the three of you, maybe some with more trouble than others managed to depart. And there is some artificial gravity here. So you get out of the train, you feel, you, you feel like you're kind of stepping down, like onto gravity you can negotiate. Um, gravity here is slightly lower than it is on earth. So you feel a bit weird and floaty, but and it's, it's really disconcerting at first, but it doesn't take you that long to kind of get used to it. And then it's just, you know, what you're moving around in. Um, this doesn't really, like if anything, anything normal happens in the game, it would, it would happen as it would on Earth. I have interest. Is that because it is it centrifugal force because the thing is rotating? Is that why? My advice, my advice is to not explain it. <laughs> okay. All right. It's complicated. Because I, like, 
I'm gonna get mad if Alex tries to explain artificial gravity. So <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't have any understanding. I just didn't want to do the whole mission in zero g, basically. I didn't actually read the gravity section in Worlds of Android because I didn't read. Okay, cool. Is there a gravity section? When it's explaining the beanstalk, there is a little gravity heading. There is like yeah, like there there is gravity, so you can walk around as if this was a normal real place on Earth. You you kind of step out of the actual like the the small the tiny maglev station bit, which is kind of like just like a barrier, um, and you come out into this just into this lar- into a large room basically. So there's a, there's a big room in which there are shops and restaurants and hotels and things. It's quite a high ceiling, and although. It is. It feels. It feels cramped and bustled. Like you. You don't really have. You. You kind of are starting to lose a concept. Concept of space anyway. So you don't really know how big this room is. But it feels crowded, and there are lots of people around. Um, although the ho- the hotel Callisto is here, as are a few other high end shops and restaurants. So there are a lot of you know well dressed like business people around basically. But there are also just general consumer use shops. So there's there's again you can feel a world of contrast where you can see people who look like they're quite poor, and then people who look, you know, very wealthy. And again, security presence can be felt here too. Uh, everything now is falling under the jurisdiction of the SEA. So there's a bunch of SEA, like, staff around. The and There are people just in the traditional yellow jackets and hats, and then people also wearing yellow but who have guns. And again, I'm not 100% sure on how guns work in space, but I imagine they have special, like, space carbines that function as a gun. Like, it's I like ba- that everything you explain is going to be preceded with, I don't know how this works, but let's assume it yeah, works. Yeah, I don't want to be corrected by anybody. And you have your you have your meeting point for Anderson. Um, it's a cafe. I'm going to meet Harris first, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. We should talk about Harris. Harris, your journey was a little bit different. There, yeah, there's been a mixture of bribery and, like, flim-flam that's made you able to get up the beanstalk without getting in trouble with anybody. So... You arrive at the station, you probably had to arrive at the station quite a bit earlier than everybody else. Um, so you arrived at the station, you had to go and find a specific person and say a specific phrase to them, which you did. Then you had that they took you to a place, you had to sit in a room for like an hour, just, on wait, just waiting. Um, and eventually someone came and got you, told you to get into a line, and just told you to, to do what you were told. So you stood in a line with a bunch of other people who, as far as you can tell, are just other, other normal travellers. Um, but then at some point you had to get into a different line and then you were directed into a bean pod that you're pretty sure wasn't for civilian use. You had to sit in a bean pod with a bunch of boxes and a man who refused to speak to you. And then, <laughs> um, like, and then you got up to midway and you were hauled off as normal and just, and, and then just not spoken to him again. So no one ever really told you okay, what to do, cool. but, it, but it was fine. Yep. Like, no one checked yeah. your stuff. No one asked you any questions. You were just kind of pushed and shunted around until eventually you got right. the midway. Cool. Neat. For all intents and purposes, you are a box. <laughs> yeah, you are cargo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you arrive, like, a couple of tra- a couple of trains go by. Like, the, the other three arrive before you, and a couple of trains later, Harris also turns up. Like, the timing has been... They tried to synchronise the timing so you'd arrive at the same time. Um... But yeah, it took you long to get through. Any problems? No, I, nothing went wrong. Good, let's find Anderson, I guess. Let's meet Anderson. Your meeting, your meeting place is a cafe. Uh, it's called the Burning Star Cafe. Everything here is kind of space-themed. and like <laughs> Great. It was probably really exciting at first, but now it all looks a bit embarrassing. There's like three bars called Eclipse. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you make your way through this, through this bustle. One thing that you notice after being in the crowd for a little while is there are um 
more biroids and fewer clones than you would see in a crowd this size on Earth. Like, you're not exactly sure why. You assume there's some weird business reason, but this 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 crowd feels biroid heavy. Can you generally tell then? Yeah, like, unless they're deliberately designed to look human, a lot of them are just sort of human enough to not freak people out. I think the ones, I don't know this for sure, like, um, my knowledge of, of the legal uh, aspects of the Android universe is not perfect. I think you're, I think they basically are, I don't know if they have to by law, but they're certainly obliged to make it clear if something is a clone yeah. or a biroid. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason that their eyes are funny. Um, I think there was, I think it's something to do with the Uncanny Valley, and it might just be when clones and biroids were launched, people reacted poorly to not knowing if something was a clone or not. So they have to display it openly. And it's the kind of thing that your your character might not realise they noticed, like the proportion of biroids and humans in a crowd, but you, you do notice when it's different, if that makes sense. It's a bit disconcerting. Maybe it's disconcerting to realise that's something you even notice. So are you all just make your way as a four to the um, to the cafe. The cafe. Yeah. yeah. I will vaguely keep my eye out for a person in a suit with a purple tie. <laughs> if you are looking out for them, you spot them fairly quickly. Like when you go into the into this into commercial section B of Midway, there is there's like a seating area, and pers- and there is a person in a suit and a purple tie, sitting, like, in that business area, fairly prominently and easy to spot. Okay, do they look like they're going anywhere? No, they just look like they're sitting. Also, they're a biroid. Okay. Is the, how close to the Callisto is the cafe? Uh, I think you probably arranged it so it was pretty close, like, a a ten minute walk. Uh, Are you doing anything about that, Tegan, or have you just... No, I'm just, like, noting it in case I decide I'm going to do something about it. Okay. So the four of you make your way to to the cafe, and as arranged, Anderson is waiting outside. He's got a coffee cup in his hand. Um, but you all very quickly notice something that's not quite according to the plan, which is that there is someone with him who is obviously with him and is talking to him. Um, it's a woman, smartly dressed, with similar cybernetics to Anderson. Like you can see the little like head studs, um, and yeah, she's. She's talking to him, and he looks like he's sort of talking back, but not concentrating on the conversation. We should wait, right? We definitely shouldn't make ourselves known to a mysterious person, unless it's acceptable. One who might be from his work. Would he recognise us? He'd recognise me. You met him. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, we've met. I remember, I was there. We can can catch his eye, but not, like, approach then, right? We can just stand nearby in his eye line. So he knows we're there. And it's up to him if he wants to introduce this other person to us or not. So you do that. You're kind of standing across like the, like think of it as a street um, we should from the cafe. Stand inconspicuously. Yeah, you probably have to not all stand like in a row as a four. Probably not a good idea for us to all stand in a small group. Stare at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of us in a line facing him. <laughs> Somebody go get a coffee. I'm going to go and buy a cap that says, uh, I heart the beanstalk on it. <laughs> okay, great. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I assume that uh, like only one of you is going to be on eye-catching duty and the rest are going to mill about, or are you all kind of going to try a, out? A couple, sure? I think. Yeah, like, I'll link I think Tegan's yeah. got the best chance, right? Yeah. Because you actually sort of know this person. And also reasonable reason, kind of... Yeah, also, like, if, 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 if we decide to get a bit more active, you should strike up a conversation and you can even pretend to be surprised that you run into Anderson here. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. You So, yeah, you can do that, Tegan. Um, and... He looks, he, like, makes furtive eye contact back at you, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't make any attempt to move towards you. Um, he's just, he's like, you, you're pretty sure he's trying to make it obvious to you that he's seen you, but he isn't doing anything about it. I'll just keep mooching. 
Okay. I'm not going to make any moves just straight away, but... Can we work out what they're talking about and what their relationship is? Tegan, do your ears help you here? <laughs> oh, yeah, Tegan does have cybernetic ears. I, I mostly remember that I've got, like, special glasses that allow me to record. Uh, so the cyber is, the wording on them is that they have the dampening and recording tag, so I don't think you could use them to pick up a conversation. Yeah, I, I can't, like... I was wondering if they had, like long-range tag or something but that's fine yeah if one of you wants to try and try and assess or like assess would kind of be appropriate here when you closely study a person place or situation i'm bad at assessing so i'm not gonna do it i'm happy to try and assess okay yeah go for it 11 assess uh when you closely study a person place or situation roll edge you gain three hold and in the ensuing action you can spend a hold at any time to ask the mc a question from the list below so i i can ask Three of those questions, is that right? Yes. Um, and you don't know how to do it immediately, you can hold on to the hold. And you also get plus one forward when acting on the answers if that involves rolling dice. So I guess my the immediate thing that I'm trying to evaluate is what potential complication do I need to be wary of? Okay, so, and also, and I'll also just give you from that a kind of a general overview of the situation from what you can tell by watching them talk. Um, it looks like... So there, she she is more talking to him than the other way around, but you you get the impression that she wants to leave, like she wants to carry on with the journey essentially, uh, and he is kind of like making like saying no, he wants to like wait here for a bit. So the complication here is that she is with him for the duration of this journey. She wants to stick with him, and now she wants to leave and continue going down stalk. So I guess I'll like sidle up to Esteban and sort of say I think we're gonna have to shake that woman okay but she's definitely a colleague of his right awkward uh do we know do we know anything about her I guess we don't can we can we ask uh can we ask how she's vulnerable oh yeah yeah but and when I have to say vulnerable I mean like socially vulnerable as opposed to <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna yeah. beat her up she, yeah she won't like it if you punch her in the neck um how is she vulnerable uh yes so she's vulnerable to you in the sense that she's mostly looking out for herself. She just wants to be with Anderson because that's, they're obviously meant to be like wherever they're going, they're meant to show up together, but she doesn't have any other altruistic cares beyond that. So she's mostly going to be selfish in her actions. And she also doesn't want to part of her reserve. Part of the reason that she seems to want to leave is she doesn't want to piss off her employer. So she's pretty loyal to Melange also. Um, so, yeah, she has no vested interest in Anderson as a person. Do you think maybe, Harris, could you pose a security? Ask Anderson to step aside? Maybe if we just take him around the corner for long enough, she'll just go think away. I, I don't look super security right now, but, I mean, you, you used to know Anderson, right? I think Tegan should go into the cafe, run into Anderson, strike up a conversation, say you're going to, like, buy him a drink and catch up and like just yeah. pretend that this is a sudden chance encounter and that you want him to stay and then maybe this if this if this person's in a hurry maybe she'll just leave and let you talk yeah you can even convince this colleague that you know he'll be on the next yeah down. like yeah assuming he plays along then that should work right okay yeah i like that okay cool so yeah so i'll casually so where are they are they in a cafe is that right then then they're outside it just by the entrance Okay, cool. I'll go into the cafe, get like a coffee or something, come outside. Oh, I'll sit in the window 
and knock on the window to get his attention and gesture him inside. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, so yeah, you do that. Um, the coffee tastes not great. Like there's something about there's something about the way they have to transport it or something that just yeah makes it taste like yeah. water doesn't boil at the right temperature. Yeah, kind of. Sure, yeah, it tastes kind of weird, but it's it's drinkable. You've had worse coffee, and you pay a little bit too much for it also. Yeah, but, obviously. Um, you yeah. So you knock on the window, and Anderson looks round, and his immediate look is one of is like one of blind panic basically, but <laughs> his. His uh, companion does not appear to register that he looks he looks panicked. And then, so what kind of... Yeah, so you're gesturing for him to come, to, like, come around and come inside. If he doesn't look like he's going to do that, I will pick up my coffee and go outside. <laughs> okay. No, he does. Like, it takes him a second, but then he, he like, his face changes. Um, and so he turns to his companion and says something. Um, and she, like, waves her hand dismissively. And then he gets up and comes around inside, but she stays where she's sat. So there's a window between... The window between you and her is still there, although you are quite close. So he comes inside. Um, he looks kind of furtively over his shoulder and he says, Oh, uh, hey, Tegan, uh, what's up? Hey, I haven't seen you in ages. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And a, a brief look of realisation comes over his face. He's like, oh, yeah, wow, how long's it been? And he's kind of like playing the part that you want him to play. Have you got time for a coffee and a catch-up? It looks like your friend's waiting for you, but... He's like, uh, yeah, um... Yeah, her and I have got to go to, like, uh, a debrief for the work we just did up on Luna, like, down in New Angeles, and our schedule is um, pretty close, so she, you know, wants us to move along with it, basically, you know. Can you tell her you'll be on the next pod? It would be a really good opportunity to catch up. He looks nervous and panicked, um, and he's like... Um, yeah, I, I, I can try. I think it would uh, help if you were there also. Yeah, of course. Call her inside. Or we can go outside. It's like, um, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, let's go out. Um, so do you walk outside the cafe? I'll, I will immediately introduce myself. So you, you kind of introduce yourself to her, what, before Anderson really does anything? Yeah. Like, hi, I'm T and I'm a friend of Anderson's from school. Um, he was just saying that um, you guys were heading back down to uh, Earth, but I was hoping that we could have a chance to catch up. Cause I haven't seen him in like ten years or something. So, can I keep him for a little while? She um, she looks like when you come out, she's trying to get a read of you, and she goes, uh, "Oh hi, yeah, I'm uh, Mariana." And she she says, uh, "What is it that you do?" I'm a blogger. Her interest immediately dies on her face, <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Well." Uh, I appreciate that, but um, Anderson and I have a very important debrief that we need to be getting to, and I don't... She's kind of looking half at him. She's like, I don't think it would be appropriate for us to delay our journey. I'll send him on the next pod. You can go down. Okay. I think we all know where this is going. I think you should roll fast talk. So, yeah, you're trying to convince someone to do what you want with promises, lies, or bluster. This is this is almost... This is basically the promises section. This is like a definition, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're trying to convince her to just go on her own. Can I take one forward for acting on the information I got from the assass? Absolutely, yes. That is highly appropriate. Nine. Uh, well, if you if you have an intel and you're prepared to spend it, you Ooh, can bump it up I to I do a have an intel. Do you want me to explain the difference between nine and ten, just so you know exactly what you're doing? Yes. So on a ten plus, NPCs do what you want. On a seven to nine, they do it, but someone will find out. The MC will advance the appropriate countdown clock. Ooh, okay. Let's. I, I'll I'll use my intel. Otherwise, 
it, it literally every other instance where I've had it, I've forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the intel that you got when you got the job, right? Is this the only intel you have? Yeah. Uh, so explain what that intel is and how it helps you here. I'm not going to be a hard taskmaster. Like, this is mostly, a fu- like, a funsies bit, but it is important for the sake of the story that we know. Um, I've got a friend who's a um, hopper driver, and uh, since I know the location that you're going to, I can just have him pick Anderson straight up from the station. Is that related to getting the job? I was going to say, like, if you assume they're going to the Melange offices, maybe you're like, oh, I know where the Melange offices is. I could, like... You know that kind of thing. It's very, it's very appropriate that the intel represents a bunch of gem, general info about Melange that Tegan like speed memorized just in case. Um, so you drop, you conspicuously drop the office location, and um, she looks kind of impressed. She's like, "Oh, are you are you a business blocker?" And then she looks at her watch. She's like, "Never mind. Okay, fine. Be careful, Anderson. I'm not sure how the company is going to take to this kind of to this kind of frivolity." She like walks off purposefully. Oh. What a stick in the mud. <laughs> Anderson turns to you and goes, oh, thank goodness. Thank you, Tegan. I was, when when I found out that she'd been moved to my journey last minute, I was terrified. It's better this way than to have to do something drastic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. His eyes white and he's like, um, yes, uh, okay. He is, uh, she's actually pretty nice when you get to know her. Doesn't matter. Hopefully I'll never see her again. Tegan, like, puts her gun back in her jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 